0: Welcome to Upfront Down Under. Uh, I'm Chloe Morgan and I'm Rachel O'Sullivan. Welcome to part two of our World Cup preview. After plenty of chat about my home nation and Rachel's home nation's hopes and their opponents, today we turn our attention to some of the other big dogs across the 32 teams heading down under. Can the US make it three in a row? Could France, Germany or Spain bring Europe its first World Cup triumph since 2007? Who are some of the surprise packages you should be keeping an eye on? Well, you're in the right place to find out. So let's get going. Right. Rach, let's jump straight in, all right? The big dogs in the competition, the ones that everyone has got their eye on, the one who everyone is so sure is going to be making that final, the US Women's National Team. And they have bigged themselves up in a way that is unbelievably ballsy. So to do anything less than the final now would be an absolute embarrassment. I don't,
1: I don't know. I mean it was Fox. It was Fox who made that video, so we can't give them too much sla- No, too much shit for that. Um But from what like from what I've been hearing from US journalists um and, and even like US players is that yes of course they're confident but they massively recognise the competition around them. And in the past, you know, of course, they were always polite and respectful of their competition, but always probably kind of knew they were heads and shoulders above the rest for a very long time. And I think they are the first to acknowledge that that's not the case anymore. Um, You know, we saw England beat them. Well, no, I think so. I think from like press conferences and quotes that have come out, um, I think that will be fair to say. They haven't, like, they've been winning their matches. They haven't had maybe always the toughest competition in the lead up to this. But, um, you know, England beat them at the beginning of, at the end of last year. Um, You know, I think they recognise that the competition is an awful lot closer than it ever was before. Um, They have a few injuries. They've got quite a few young players as well. I think 14 players are making their World Cup debut, which is crazy. so, still, of course, confident. They're they're champions for a reason, multi champions for a reason. Uh, definitely one of the favorites. But I also think you know, even that Fox video, like to be, there is an element of like everyone's out to get us kind of thing. And I think there is an element of somebody could.
0: I think the element of somebody's or everyone's out to get us comes from the fact that they are slightly up their own ass. Like, I mean, I've got to, <laughs> I've got, I've got to be bold about this, okay? The way in which the squad was announced, the Fox video, it's a lot. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the whole squad had just stopped training and everyone was just sitting around in a circle, brainstorming with Alex Morgan what her next goal celebration was going to be. And if I so much as see a hint of her doing her tea, cup sipping nonsense the whole tournament is just going to kick off and everyone's going to go against her so can we not see that Alex Morgan I mean Carly Telfer's already given us a bit of a head up but that that could be happening do it but she'll get in.
1: more tea sponsorship for god's sake I'd do it if I were her gets so, up people so riled up it's so funny <laughs> also well, if we could get um Taylor Swift to announce one of the bloody players on the England squad I think we'd do it
0: to be fair I think yeah the best we could probably do is like some kind of b-lister like I don't know like Dappy or something from Dubs or yeah, something, you know, Z-list. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've got to admit the US are, the, they're the big favourites. They're the ones that everyone I think are the most sure about, but they still have some big injuries. Uh, Mallory Swanson, uh, Katerina Macario, Sam Muis, Becca Sauerbrunn. You know, they, they're they not the strongest side that we've ever seen, but they are still absolutely so frigging strong. Um, Megan Rapinoe, she is going to want to come out full force. Uh, she announced uh, last week that she's going to retire at the end of the season, which only makes me a little bit more fearful that when she does come onto the pitch, I'm not convinced that she's going to be starting. But when she does come onto the pitch, she's going to want to make those the most impactful, significant moments and memories of her life. And I think she'll probably also, you know, be be practicing her um, goal celebrations as well with, with Alex Morgan, because she does love a walkover or a runover to the flag, a big old kind of like Jesus dance symbol arms outstretched to the crowd she'll have like 17 different colors in her hair um maybe rainbow colors yeah i mean mean, she was talking a lot about sort of like you know trans rights and things in the lead up so and also you know we don't have the the official one love armband so i do get the impression there is some kind of scope there for you know some us using their platform to kind of you know fight for, for equal rights and absolutely love it so yeah any of that absolutely love tea sipping not not my idea of fun Um, But yeah, I mean, Megs is obviously making, Megs, like I know her. Good old Megs. Um, (laughs) She'll be making her 200th appearance. Uh, She missed last year's She Believes Cup, uh, but has been in the last three World Cups, winning in 2015 and 2019. I mean, Rach, how do you think she'll be remembered apart from being the iconic purple-haired footballing wizard that we all know and love?
1: I think when we talk about, legends and impact on the women's game and and I've been doing a little bit about this on on some stuff that we're working on where we've spoken to people about athletes who've made a lasting impact on the game. She's comes up in every conversation. Um and I know a lot you know gets made fun of for her celebrations or whatever, but like when when you think about it, Kristen Pulisic is called like Captain America, right? She's Captain America. Like she she is the epitome of what it means to be an American captain both on and off the pitch. And I think the way that she has used her platform to stand up and speak about, you know, yes, things that impact her, equal pay, um, gay rights, but also things that don't impact her uh, directly. Um, And I think it's so important that she has recognized the scope of her platform and the power that she has uh, with her voice. And I think it's a lot. I mean, I think I do feel like American athletes are maybe given a little bit more leeway with what they can say, or or they feel like they can. They're in an environment that they feel like they can use their platforms, and you know there may be retribution. We've seen American athletes in the past facing backlash or punishment for for standing up and, and, and making a stand, I should say. But the way in which they've used their platform to speak out about important issues. Like there's there's no doubt that she has made a lasting impact and a lasting change on the game as well. Like what she's done has actually changed the game and she continues to do that. And, you know, I've seen people say she's kind of taken a spot from someone on the US roster by going because she won't get a lot of minutes, but she brings so much more than what she can do on the pitch. And with so many youngsters, 14 debutants in the squad, she's the kind of player that you need on the pitch. Sophie likened it to almost like when we brought Jill Scott to the Euros and she didn't play a lot, but my God, she contributed so much both on and off the pitch when she came on in that final, you know, and that's what Megan Rapinoe brings to that American squad. So, yeah, she will be the name in 10 years' time when we're at another major tournament talking about who has made a lasting impact on the game that will still be being brought up, I think.
0: Yeah, 100%. I mean, if, if she doesn't receive some kind of lifetime achievement award, I'd be very, very surprised. Someone, she would from be in- someone. From anybody, actually, just Anyone. any kind of <laughs> any footballing Dame? organization. I don't um, know, yeah. But then she's going to be in strong contention next year. I mean, if you've got Marta retiring, who are you going to choose of a lifetime achievement award for two thousand, you know, two thousand twenty-three, twenty-four? Oh, yeah, exactly. Pick half. that one. P- pull that out of a bag. Um, but the US uh, are facing the Netherlands uh, in this group. I mean, that's going to be a big old matchup. Uh, the Netherlands beaten in, in the by the US, so in the US. By the US in the 2019 final and won the 2017 Euros under Serena Wiegmann, our national icon, hero, treasured queen, um, but were knocked out in the quarter, quarterfinals at the last Euros. Thanks, Mark Parsons, who achieved so much for the landscape of the women's game. Um, but they do look like they're in Savage. so much better shape. <laughs> no holds barred in this episode. All right, This is part two. Oh, yeah, okay, I'm going I need in. I to bring my A game. <laughs> What I was going to say is that they look like they're in so much better shape. I mean, even without Miedemar, they're leading the front line. They look sharp. They look determined, uh, especially to press up high, up the pitch, and play a little bit more dynamically than we've seen them in the past. I mean, Rach, what do you make of their chances? Do you see in that matchup, I mean, putting your your down under, down under, flagpole in the sand? See what I did there? Uh, What are we saying?
1: Um, Well, I love the fact that they're in the same group as the US, like it's, it is lovely that the finalists are meeting each other again um, so early on in the competition. Um, I think it took the Netherlands a little while to uh, get over the loss of no longer having Serena Wiegmann in charge. Um, Very sorry about that, but not really. Um, Understandably, (laughs) I think it took a while and I think that, (laughs) yeah, that kind of in between um, period for them with Mara Parsons wasn't brilliant. Um, but I think they're starting to find their feet now, and I think currently having to deal without Miedema, they seem to be finding their feet um, a little bit. You know, they put five goals past uh, Belgium um, recently in a in a friendly. Um, they put four past Poland in April. You know, they're they're finding their shooting boots. Um, they they played Austria twice in February and lost two one, and then and then went on to smash them four 0 So I think what was lacking a little bit for them was the putting the ball in the back of the net um and then having to deal with the fact that Miedema wasn't there and actually I think they're starting to find their shooting boots they're starting to understand um Andreas Yonker as well what he's wanting from them so yeah like they I expect them to get out of the group and um, they've obviously got some very um good players coming through as well they've obviously got some really good experience. You know, a nice balance of experience in young players. Esme Brucht, obviously, is one to to look out for. Um, And we obviously saw uh, Victoria Polova as well at Arsenal. You know, lots of really great youngsters. Um, So, yeah, I I don't see them not getting out of the group, that's for sure.
0: Uh, I mean, the Netherlands clearly feeling very jealous about the fact that so many federations and so many countries have had so many controversial issues pop up the netherlands who had escaped any kind of controversy and drama thought you know what it's never too late what we'll do we'll take the piss (laughs) out of the out the, uh, out of the hacker and that they did um videos emerged of them mocking the hacker online also happening in the spanish camp as well they have both apologized but the dutch camp initially said they were actually doing an exercise that channels your inner strength interesting very interesting response to being caught out there, Netherlands. Um, not entirely sure that was the best response. Could have just owned it, put your hands up, and said, "Actually, we need to just be more culturally aware and more sensitive." Um, but instead, turn a blind eye, say something completely different, and hope that everyone just um, you know moves on. So not great, but looking forward to seeing you play. But yeah, that was slap
1: disappointing. On the wrist. <laughs> Who knew that telling people before they came to an Australia New Zealand World Cup that taking the piss out of the hack it probably wasn't the best move. Um, who knew we needed to say that? But apparently we did.
0: We live and we learn. I'm um, hoping it will teach and encourage other teams to become more culturally sensitive. But someone had to mess up and the Netherlands and Spain did just the trick. Um, we mentioned Rega Rapinoe. It was being her last dance, uh, but she's not the only one retiring. As mentioned, this World Cup will be the last for Brazil's Marta, perhaps the greatest female footballer ever. I mean... I know a bit about her, I know a lot about her, I've researched her, but even in the lead up to this pod, when you look at some of the statistics around her, I just think like it needs saying again. So she's the only player elected for the World Player of the Year five times in a row from 2006 to 2010, and also then gained the award in 2018 from FIFA. Like the only player ever to have done that. As well as that, As of 2019, she held the record for the most goals scored in a FIFA World Cup tournament, standing at 17, which made her the all-time World Cup goalscorer across the men's and the women's competitions. Um, She was also, in 2018, the first woman to add her footprints to the walk of fame. Um, And as well as that, she's just an all-round great role model who stands up for everything, campaigns for everything, and is just one of the most brilliantly incredibly technically talented players that we've ever seen. I mean, Rachel, have you got anything to add to that list of accolades? Because um, I'm struggling.
1: I just, I think back to that impassioned speech she gave after I think it was the World Cup in 2019. Um, they'd just been knocked out as far as I remember. Uh, and still, she felt that she was thinking about the bigger picture. Um, and I think that kind of shows what she is about as a player. Um, I think... She can probably, when she finally hangs up her boots, actually look back at the impact that she's had. As you say, one of the best women's football players ever. Um, But I I hope that she can look back at the improvements that have been made. And and again, like Rapino, the direct impact that she's had on the game. She's played for so long. And my God, the game has changed since she she started. And again, during these interviews I've been doing, Marta was another player that was brought up a lot and someone kind of talked about how she was one of those players especially I know we're still fighting for equality and we still get shit said about women's football but thankfully that it, that opinion is changing but back when it was women can't play let's share all the shit clips because that's hilarious blah blah blah, blah Marta was one of those players that kind of transcended that divide and, and you'd watch her play and it didn't matter that she was a man or a woman it did, we were just looking at football beautiful football by the one of the most skilled players and this you know this person I was interviewing kind of spoke about her kind of transcending that where people just looked at it and thought bloody hell that's impressive football and it wasn't about who she was um and and that says a lot about her and she's still playing like that at her age (laughs) like it's ridiculous so yeah an, an absolute true legend of the game and it'd be sad to to no longer be able to see her on the pitch
0: but also very happy that she gets to put her feet up, enjoy a nice hot bath and just take a relaxing break. Um, To hear more about what we can expect from Marta at her sixth and final World Cup, we spoke to Brazilian football expert, Julia Belas trindedi earlier this week.
2: So Marta has just come back from an injury and it's a really tough injury and I see out at just 37 years old. So, it's her last World Cup. She's been saying that it's her last World Cup playing, but, you know, she wants to be involved in football in the future anyway. And she understands that it's a different World Cup for her. She's not going to be necessarily, you know, the player that's going to start every game and be on the pitch for ninety minutes and just be really decisive. She's still really talented and she's still really strong. But... At the same time, she understands that, um, you know, her role is kind of as important off the pitch as it is on the pitch. And I interviewed her today and she was talking about um, how she really wants to see, you know, um, players, the younger players being, uh, you know, inspired by her. But at the same time, if they are fitter than her, if they are playing better than her she's going to be happy to be on the bench and watch them you know be brilliant on the pitch so it's quite interesting to see her say that because you know she's a legend and she's a, such an amazing player that there's no ra- arrogance there she understands that she did what she could and now it's kind of like her last dance to
0: we also asked Julia about what the Brazilian fans are expecting from their team and how she thinks they'll get on.
2: I think people in other countries are looking at Brazil with kinder eyes than Brazilians are looking at Brazil. I remember the final in London and everyone, like the British journalists, were all like, oh my God, Brazil are playing so well. Serena had really nice things to say about Brazil. And in Brazil, people complain a lot all the time because we are really, really demanding with football. If you're not winning, you're not doing well. So, um, you know, it's kind of hard to ignore the the fact that, you know, England is such an amazing team. Germany has such tradition in the game and we kind of can meet both of them in the next stages. So I think it all depends on how Brazil will be psychologically and physically so we had some issues with injuries over the past like two years um not only Marta but like a lot of players had injuries and returned uh some of players who were not in the squad in the 23 like the three extra players you know players who were starting games like Tainara and um And and Angelina And they were already on the team And they had injuries So they are not 100% yet They are probably not going to be In the World Cup So, you know, it's not necessarily The best team we could have But still, um, I really feel That if they are Well psychologically If they do what they are training to do I feel that they can do Really well in this World Cup And, you know, if they if they leave the group like if they move through at first in the group then they have kind of an easier path uh, ahead so i think if everything works out fine maybe semi-finals probably quarter finals um but second in the group is a much harder task and i don't know how well they could go i think everyone feels that in the past four cups Everyone felt that they could do more and they didn't. So now they are really training, they are really invested. It's a younger generation and they are really, uh, you know, doing really well in their leagues, in their clubs. So I think we have everything to do a good World Cup. It all depends on how well they will be, Uh, you know, so many unexperienced players, how well they will be physically and mentally to play a World Cup.
0: The next question on everyone's lips, can Europe make a dent? Germany in Group H with Colombia, Morocco and South Korea. Uh, We'll get some further background on how Germany have come on since that defeat in the Euros final last year. What a game that was, but so happy that they lost. We spoke to freelance journalist Helena Atgelt, who covers the Frauen Bundesliga and the German national team.
3: Well, I think um, the team's still the same, essentially. So um, they're still um, the same players that are really important. For example, Alexandra Pup, who I'm sure um, many will remember. And also goalkeeper Merle Frooms, um or... Um, central midfielder Lina, um, Lina Magul, so I think um, that's really one of the, the strength of this German team as well, that they've got some key players they can rely on. Um, and on the other hand, some have criticized that there hasn't really been um, an evolution in the team's playing style, so um, you might say that Germany um, has maybe become a bit predictable, um, and the qualifiers haven't gone that well, and the preparation for the World Cup. So, for example, they lost to Brazil, and also um, conceded three goals against Zambia, also losing that game. So that's quite concerning, um, and the main concern is about the defense, because um, the German center backs had um, lots of troubles with um, fast defe- um, fast attack. Attackers and um, dealing with um, these um, long, long balls in behind. So that's a worry and it still hasn't really changed because it was um, a problem at the Euros as well. I mean, the German mentality
0: and defensive frailties. I mean, up top, don't really have any concerns about Germany pop especially leading that front line i mean we've seen the kind of damage that she can cause her head seems to be on everything her attacking presence is disgusting the way that she drives in and out of spaces she completely plays on the blind side of defenders it's horrendous absolutely horrendous um germany won nine out of their 10 qualifying games and scored 47 goals i mean rach Talk to me. I mean, up there with the US, Germany have got to be a close second in terms of like the threat they pose in this competition.
1: Yeah. I mean, they've got some fantastic players. Um, Fantastic players up front, of course, but midfield is superb as well. Some really good youngsters. But, you know, hearing from some other German journalists as well, it feels like everyone's kind of just a little bit worried about their team, right? Everyone's dealing with injuries. No one really wants to be super confident and cocky about... Yeah, we're going to go really far. And I think there is a little bit of nervousness um, around Germany, probably a little bit because of recent results as well. That won't have helped. Um, of course, the big one being that they lost 3-2 to Zambia. Uh, fantastic goal from Banda, definitely worth checking out. But that was um, a friendly in July that they lost. Um, they only beat Vietnam in a friendly 2-1. Lost to Brazil in April 2-1. Uh, beat the Netherlands 1-0. 0-0 against Sweden. And, um, you know, just going back over their results, maybe... People aren't feeling that confidence because like you were saying about England, we're not seeing them score goals. That's getting you nervous. Probably a similar vibe with Germany at the same, you know, they've got the quality, just struggling a little bit to, to put it all together. But equally, Germany in a major tournament feels like a different beast and a scary beast.
0: Right, so we're on the same pace then. We're both shitting ourselves now- a little bit about that one. We asked Helen, who else we should be looking out for apart from the likes of Alexandra Pop.
3: I think um, Lena Oberdorf is the first um, name that springs to my mind, obviously. She was named um, Best Young Player at the Euros as well last year, so I think she isn't um, um, unknown to many fans, um, but she's just so important as a defensive midfielder. I think she's one of the very best in the world, even though she's one of the youngest players in the the squad, but she's so experienced already at her age. um, So I think she's just um, really important. She's um, just saving the defense in so many situations she, she's got great tackles um, but she, she picked up a knock in preparation so that's um, a bit worrying as well. And another young player is Jule Brandt um, who's a winger for VfL Wolfsburg and I think um, Arsenal fans might remember her because um, she, um, she played very well after being subbed in, um, in their semi-final. Um, and then she also gave the assist for Paulina Bruma to send Arsenal out of um, the Champions League so um, she's a very unpredictable play- player, she's very fast um, she's got great dribblings and I think she's just um, a perfect weapon, a perfect sub to bring in um, when the opponent's already, already a bit tired
0: To finish, we had to hear Helene's thoughts on how well Germany will do down under That's going to keep on going that one Keep on going. The gift that keeps on giving.
3: I think it's interesting because when you speak to other people from other countries, they always say Germany is one of the top favorites because they obviously um, went to the Euros final last year and they've got a really strong squad. But I think that in Germany there's a bit more pessimism um, because of those um, last preparation games. So people aren't really sure how it's going to go. Um, so I think most expect them to go into the quarter final maybe. Um, but the problem is also that Germany got a quite hard road to to the final because they they'll probably play against Brazil or France. And then um, against England if they win, so that's quite tricky, um, and it's not easy to, to get to the semi-finals. Um, but still, I think they've got something to prove against England. Um, so maybe a semi-final is possible, and I think um, that would already be um, a good tournament for them. So semi-final would be good. Quarter-final maybe a bit underwhelming, but they definitely have to have to win that group, and also the the game after that. OK, Rach, we've got to touch
0: on the spicy Group C. Uh, Spain alongside Costa Rica, Japan and Zambia. Uh, I mean, after a turbulent year under coach Jorge Vilda, they look refocused and ready to go. Uh, Mariona Caldente, Ana and Aitana uh, Bonmati were three of those who walked out late last year. They're back in the squad. A uh, bit of a U-turn on uh, on their previous start, so they weren't going to come back until things were a little bit better. Um, Alexia Pateas, the one that everyone wants to see, is also back. She got her first start since her ACL injury against Panama in June, but there are some doubts that she'd be fit from the very start. I mean, Rach, have you heard anything more about sort of like where she's at at the moment? Do we have any concerns that she won't start in that game?
1: Um, I haven't heard any, anything specific, but, you know, I guess for Spain, maybe opening against Costa Rica, they may not feel they need to play um, to player if she's not fully fit. Um, And probably frustratingly for people who wanted Spain to do the right thing um, and kind of make things better within their federation, Spain actually did quite well, despite all of the turbulence that they've had to deal with. Um, They lost to Australia back in February, but other than that, they've been winning their matches and scoring lots of goals and, you know, That maybe takes the pressure off Puteas, who of course will want to play. It's great that she's back, but equally Spain know that they don't have to rush her if they don't need to. Um, So yeah, I mean, I think they should win their group. Um, I think we should be worried about Spain. Um, I think despite all of the turbulence that they're going through, they are still playing well. I would love to be a fly on the wall for when those players who stepped away from camp and all of these other players were brought in to fill that gap you know how that's kind of going with you know players that did step away players that didn't players have come back obviously some of them haven't been brought back I wonder in terms of mentality how the squad are doing in terms of coming back together and how you know the coaches and the staff have managed that because um, that would be an interesting potential issue but you you know, their football does the talking. And by the looks of it, the football is continuing to do the talking um, in their friendlies leading up to this tournament.
0: I think that's the weirdest thing, is that when you've got a squad who have clearly gone so public about the fact that they don't like the manager and the way that he's done things and like you need someone to get behind so like in terms of like you know the lionesses and how much they believed and trusted and respected Serena you don't have that here with the squad so you've got fantastic players who are incredibly talented and their own rights can go on and win the competition but they've got no galvanizing kind of leader um, apart from the leaders in the squad themselves maybe the likes of Alexia Pateas to kind of really I don't know. Drive that squad into the kind of higher echelons of the tournament. So I, you know, I on paper the talent's there um, to go all the way, but actually I don't think they've got that mentality. I'm gonna say I think I don't think there's enough squad belief. I think when they're they're sort of doing it for I mean can you imagine how it would be to go in and win the world cup for a coach that you absolutely despise? And that would be the accolade that you would share with him. I just, it creates a weird dynamic in that sense. So I don't think they will be, I don't think they're going to win the world cup. They might even boycott the final. I don't know. It's it's one of those competitions where you just don't know what's going to happen.
2: (laughs) They're not doing Um,
0: it for him. (laughs) Uh, we'll have to wait and see whether they go all the way. But to do so, they will have to get past Zambia and Barbara Banda, who has been on absolutely goal scoring for- fire. Um, I mean, she was the breakout star in the 2020 Tokyo Olympics scoring back-to-back hat-tricks against the Netherlands and China. She's already scored 39 goals for Zambia already. Uh, She's a player who's kind of under a little bit of controversy herself. Um, Some articles came out recently about the gender verification process and FIFA. Um, Some of the articles said there was obviously some controversy before about whether the testosterone levels were too high to be able to compete in the tournament. There's some sort of doubt about whether she's eligible for the tournament, but she's been absolutely cleared so there's absolutely no issues whatsoever she's absolutely fine to play and will be appearing at the world cup um but it is a little bit of clickbait stuff around about Mm. that so um yeah something to be aware of but also hoping to see barbara Bandit smash it on the international stage she's incredible and I, i just think zambia could be a surprise package do you reckon yeah i reckon they might get out the group All right. Defenses beware. Barbara Bander's coming for you. Uh, France in Group F with Brazil, Jamaica and Panama. Um, France, I've got to say, I've got to be honest, feeling a little bit flat about them. Um, Yeah, I don't think they're the spiciest team in the competition, despite obviously, you know, being up there with the kind of level of talent they have, you know, uh, Amandine Henri obviously out with injury, but obviously, very, very talented. Katoto as well, um, unavailable. But I just think they're, they're talented. But I just think there's just so much je ne sais quoi missing from the French squad this year. I don't think they're... They're, they're, they're missing not... that va va Nice, nice. And to think they could have had Thierry Henry as a coach. Uh, and despite having the <laughs> spiciest and hottest, and I say that as a gay person, uh, spiciest and hottest manager, um, probably at the World Cup. I'd say, maybe. Lovely shirts. lovely shirts, Amazing shirts. Guys. Very well fitted. Very well fitted. Yeah. Mm. Um, I just don't think they're sort of ones to really watch. I think that, that group is quite oh. interesting. Uh, I think obviously with Brazil and Jamaica, but I'm quite, I'm more focused on Brazil and how they're going to do and also Jamaica, obviously with the issues that they've had, but I just think that they're Those are the two teams in that group that I'm more interested in seeing. I mean, Rach, what about you? You think France are going to pull off some magic?
1: Just don't sleep on that France national team. That's all I'm saying. I think they would be very happy to just quietly be going about their business, not be dealing with any shit like the last time. Wanted to focus on the football, not having to worry about their stressy coach being stressy. Um, I just think a calm France is potentially a worry, but equally, looking at them against Australia, and you know I don't like to read too much into these pre-match friendlies, pre-tournament friendlies. They didn't look, as you say, that spicy, but that was also down to some good defending and some good goalkeeping. So, I still rate them as as a fin- as going far. Okay, how far? I think s- potentially semi-finals.
0: Semi-finals. Hmm. No, I think you've got that all wrong. But we will wait and see. We'll we'll know in like two or three weeks' time. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's wrong, Rachel. Shut up. I have been doing some very harsh takes in this episode, so I just feel like we should end on that one as well. Um, and now we're in the same country. We can actually bet beers on it and actually follow through with those bets. So um, yeah, I mean we're still yet to find out whether Melly, 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 Bright, Melly Brights Millie Brights going to start for that England game, and that's the Melly, first beer. Melly Bright is Millie Bright's sister, and <laughs> um,
1: that's who Serena's brought in instead because she's been worried about the injury. So Melly has stepped in. <laughs>
0: to replace Esme Morgan as the other favourite and also to usurp uh, lots of women more as well. So um, yeah, you heard it here first. Uh, new uh, Melly Bright making her debut appearance for the Lionesses in a matter of days. Well, that's a wrap. Great ending. Thanks so much for listening to our two-part World Cup preview extravaganza. We'll see you on Thursday after the opening fixtures where New Zealand take on Norway and Australia host Rachel's home nation, Ireland. Come on, Ireland. A reminder that you can now well, follow us it on... it a bit more... <laughs> What's wrong with you? Come on, Ireland. Oh, I mean, do you want to just do that line? Do you want to just go on? No, you should be You should be as excited about it for me. Well, uh, yeah, like, yeah, well, kind of I am. Yeah, why not? I can't oh, be excited about Christ, two teams, quickly, can I? All right. Wrap it up. Well, I can. I've managed it for so long. Well, you just said if it was Ireland and Lionesses, you'd back Ireland all the way. Well so, sure but
1: like England I want to do well in the tournament and Ireland I want to go as
0: far as possible as well so Yeah but that's like me saying okay well, I, I, Oh back. my god listen we Jamaica. need to wrap this up and I'm <laughs> coming to find you I will find you A reminder that you can now follow us on socials across Twitter Instagram and TikTok and you can find us on YouTube as well we are everywhere so you can't get away from us there'll be loads of fun stuff happening across the World Cup over there so go and check us out we will see you on Thursday Upfront is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.
1: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers.